We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. That's Tyler Siski. We're with you uh, today. Talk about a lot of things. Talk some uh, lot of NFL scouting combine stuff. Uh, some NFL stuff. We'll talk some college basketball. Just uh, one episode this week. I will not be here on Thursday, or if I am here, I will be just getting back and probably scrambling a little. So uh, this will be the only episode. This week, we'll get together. We haven't even talked about it. We'll get together at some point next week, but it might be like a Tuesday show. Yeah. Well, I'll talk to you about that. Okay. I, my um, Since we're only doing one show this week, yeah, I thought it'd be very appropriate to bring her back. Yeah. The Red Dragon, the has, Red Dragon. has made an appearance. I love this the is Red the Dragon. nectar of the gods right here. This is... This it, is where it's at. That's it's. I mean, I love a lot of the others, but I love me some red I know, dragon. I know Bob is listening as he always does. If we could What's get up, Bob? if we could get one of those uh, new uh, Unleash the Beast monster beers flavored like flavored like red dragon, we'd be a bunch of alcoholics. You know, I, someone had the audacity to write on the internet today that having a beer a day is not a good thing. And I was like, are you, are you, what's the difference between having a glass of wine and having a beer a day? I don't know. It was something about enzymes and stuff. And I was like, listen, let me tell you, let me, let me just tell you something. Well, you got your grain in there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't, don't come after me like that. Yeah. To each their own. There's a lot of things I do that probably aren't good for me. Yeah, for sure. But I did work out at 5 a.m. and washed a load of clothes today already before I even left the house. So the wife will be happy with me. I've got some brownie points, dude. I'm on fire. Oh, that's good. So I always do. I I do ninety percent of our laundry. I did before I started the new business. You know. Yeah. That was, dude. I, look, I had the I had this sitting at the house on uh, vacation, courtesy of Ross Bjork, that I was on vacation for a couple of years. That was the best time of my life. I had that, I had that day down pat, but clean the house, do some uh, 
do some laundry. That's not a bad life. Probably would get tired of it, but it's pretty good. All right. Alan jumps in the thread here and says, having a glass of beer a day is not great. Let me tell you something, Alan. He's, but he also followed up with, you should have like four a day. There you go. <laughs> Alan redeemed himself. I was about to get on Alan. I mean, I'm going to tell you. He can't, hey, he backed it up. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Right, finished, hold up, hold I up. I finished yet. I finished yet. Kind of feel like, feel like it was coming through the... <laughs> Through like, the machine. Sound like a personal attack there. I know it did for a minute. I was like, what, what, are you trying to, what are you trying to say? I mean, is it bad that one of the reasons I really want to go to Nashville is that they have a couple of stores there that have great beer selection and I might stock up? Is that a bad Dude. thing? Because if it's a bad thing, just don't tell me it's a bad thing. Leave me alone, okay? I'm low key jealous about like this is this is that's a fun trip. Um, matter of fact, yeah, I'll I'll talk to you about it later. I may I may venture that way this weekend, maybe if I can talk the wife into it. I love the tournament. I wrote about I wrote about it in Ten Thoughts. I led with it. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I, I love the I love the NCAA tournament too, but uh, I love the SEC tournament. I always have. It, there's something cool about it. I love it because I watch SEC basketball all year, and I'm familiar with all the teams. Yeah, right? and, there, and there they are on one floor, yeah. and it's cool. It's just fun. I like it a lot. I always have. Um, my favorite assignment in Mobile when I became a columnist was they'd send me to the tournament. Back then, it started on Thursday, and they'd send me on Tuesday night. I'd get there, and Wednesday I'd go to the arena, and I was there all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, all day Friday, most of the day Saturday, and then just cover the championship game on Sunday. And it was – I didn't have any set assignments. I mean, I might have to do – I typically had to do a column on, you know, Alabama or Auburn right. the first day or whatever, but I get to do other stuff too. I, they gave me lots of freedom, and I loved it. Like if some kid went off for Florida and – I wanted to go do a column about him, or if I ended up talking to some coach and he's like, "Hey, let me tell you a story about what I, this would happen, right?" And and locker rooms are open; you get to go in and talk to people, and I'd come away with you know something different or whatever. And I loved that; that was the most fun thing I did. Yeah, was you know, and then like I said, I mean, if Alabama was playing the late game and we were going to be on the deadline, they might say, "Hey, uh, help out the beat writer with." He's going to have his game story, put together a notebook, help him real quick so we can go fast. And I mean, I would do stuff like that, but earlier in the day, I'd have, like, freedom. And then one of the things I really loved about it was if I got my stories done by the end of the third game on Thursday or Friday, I basically had a front-row seat for the late game. Yeah. Even though I wasn't really covering it at all. Yeah, but it's fine. My work was done, and I could sit there and just, like, enjoy a game. And it was always loved that. I'm like – you remember when Five it was at the Georgia it. Dome? Oh, obviously. sure. Many times. I was there. Remember the day that the tornadoes came through? Yep. I was there in the morning session. Oh, okay. And had left and gone back. Um, I guess I can say this now. She's retired. Uh, Regions is a sponsor of the SEC. And so my mother had gotten some tickets through Regions or whatever. And we had gone. It was like on our spring break or something. That's before we had kids, I think. Um, what was that, 2003, four, somewhere in there? Eight. Eight? Uh-huh. It was my, la it was my last assignment for the Mobile Register. I was in. I was in – Aniston for some spring break or something, I guess. And and we had gone to the lake or something. And I went over there. It was fun. All right, let's roll. Uh, so as we talked about a little bit. Real the, quick, go ahead. let me tell you, we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push your limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. So um, NFL Combine. Um, happened over the last week, which we were in the middle of it when it started. I want to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks. And kind of it was funny, like we've been talking about it, I don't know how long, but we'll get to him in a minute. But 
Bryce Young, he did not really test. Um, he went and did uh, measured five foot ten, two hundred and four pounds with a nine and three quarters inch hand. Okay, so okay. for people that don't know that, if you have under a ten inch hand, that's a small hand for a quarterback. Yeah. All right, so ten's kind of the marginal there. Okay. I put this in parentheses to remind myself. Do you know who it, who was five foot ten, two hundred and seven pounds? At the NFL Combine? Uh, Don't be looking at the sheet. You're cheating. I do now. <laughs> Kyler Murray and Bryce Young are the exact same size. However, Bryce Young is gonna, actually going to be lighter. Bryce Young played this whole season about 190, between 193, 197, I think. Yeah. He he beefed up a little bit for the Combine. So he's going to play next year at 100. He is going to be a, a lighter version of Kyler Murray. So you know, you know how small Kyler Murray looks out there? That's going to be Bryce Young – but he can't run around. So size is going to be a concern. I mean, people don't really, when you look at him in college, you're like, oh, he's not that small. Dude, that's small. So how much of a concern is just his slightness? I mean, he's a great player. We Everyone loves watching him play. He's terrific. But this is a this is a tough league, and, and small quarterbacks have not always fared right, particularly check well. Check this out. Kyler Murray, What's what can he do? He can run around like a chicken with his head cut off, right? He has elite speed and elite uh, escapability from the pocket. Now, I'm going to guess that Bryce Young's a better student of the game and a better pr- preparation guy than Kyler. 300,000%. Yeah. That's not even going to be up for right. debate, right? Right. Because there's, there's questions about Kyler's work ethic. There, there are not questions about Bryce Young's. But Kyler Murray also has a problem staying healthy. He does. And he can run around, too. Right. This, Bryce is not going to be able to run around. like He'll be able to move, but he's not going to be able – he's not like a statue or anything. But He's not the athlete that Kyler he's Murray not is. He's even the vicinity of the athlete that Kyler right. is. And so the durability of a 17-game season in the NFL is a concern. Now, is he going to be the is he going to be the one that's probably the most ready to play? Absolutely. He's smart and all that stuff. But you're going to have a – you're going to have a concern there. And I know if I was a GM, like let's say it's Houston that trades up. It fits Indianapolis that trades up to get him or wherever – I better have a freaking good backup quarterback. It, it can't be just some random guy you've never heard of. Because he's probably, before the end of the day, he's going to have to take some snaps. And I say this, and, I say, and I'll say it again, okay? How many games did uh, this year, when he was healthy, let's don't count the Arkansas game and stuff like this, but how many games did Bryce Young really play all the way through the end? Or how many games did he come out and Milrow go in and get some garbage time? Not many, right? But he couple, right? Yeah. Let's but you gotta look at it at quarters, right? I always use this as a quarter system. In college, you're playing twelve games in a regular season. That's forty eight quarters by the old math. Well, if you go and you play four directional schools and you're out of there at halftime, well you end up really only playing ten game seasons, right? Right, right. The NFL, you're playing seventeen weeks in a row and you don't come out in the NFL. They don't they don't bring no, in the seventy two quarters. Yeah, you're playing every snap. So you're yeah. adding more more chances to get hit, I guess that's my point. You're, you're adding more punishment on the body. So it's definitely a concern, and especially he had a durability issue this year. You know, he got he gets a, a hit on the sideline with a shoulder. Um, and so it, it's definitely a concern. With all that being said, though, I do think he's the most probably game-ready guy. But, boy, the other three. Yeah. And you're about to go over it. The other three look like NFL quarterbacks. Yep. Big Big bodies, got the height, big shoulders. I mean, both Levis and Richardson, I mean, damn, they look the part now. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean they, well, all of them do. I mean, they all got a similar build, right? So, C.J. Stroud was next. He is 6'3", 214 with a 10-inch hand, also did not test. 
Um, but look, C.J. Stroud, if you told me four years from now he was – any one of these guys could, could pop and be the guy, right? Sure. So you got to look at what you're looking at that puts everything in fair game right now. And at the end of the day, if he was continuing and he plays in, a, in an NFL, like he played in the Georgia game, dude, I'm all in. Let's go, man. Sure. But it's just the other games, sure. you know, and what he was surrounded by. Was he as productive? I mean, he had the best receiving core his last two years, Coach. He has the best town receiving core in the history of college football probably in over a two-year period. I mean, it's it's yeah, scary. Chris Olave and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. And yeah. Oh, and by the way, the, the the other kid that couldn't even get on the field went to, <laughs> went to Alabama as a first-round pick, right? right? I mean, like, dude, and they got – they're just loaded. He had weapons to throw to, and where's the production? If Bryce Young had those same guys to throw to, I mean, look at Mac Jones. He had the group at Alabama that that was similar. Went to the NFL. Look at what Joe Burrow did at LSU. Like he, he didn't have those type of productions. So that kind of scares you with those weapons. They didn't have that production. Um, and then Will Levis and Anthony Richardson both tested. So Will Levis was six four two twenty nine with a ten and five eight inch hand. That's that's big. That's big hands. You know what they say about big hands? That it makes you wrap around the football better. Big gloves. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, hey. I just I always like making that joke. Um, he had a 34-inch vert and a 10-4 broad. So broad jump, just give you guys an idea. Anything over 10 is pretty damn good now. You got somebody that's jumping over 10, that's pretty damn good. 34-inch um, vert for somebody that's a quarterback, that's that's pretty explosive. Um, Look, Will Levis is very athletic. Like, dude, I mean, people try to talk about him like he's some sort of plotter or something. He played with a broken foot. If it wasn't for this next guy, we'd be talking about his numbers. You know what I mean? Like, the, the question on Levis has nothing to do with athleticism. The question on Levis, much like it is with Richardson, is about consistency. It's about production. But the question on Will Levis, when people do the athletes, there is so much stereotyping that goes on at that position. It's insane. We, you think we'd be past it by now, yeah, we're, right? We never, they never will. Though. You think we'd get past it? Like if people do this deal with Richardson. It, it, it's not about his intelligence. Stop! It's not about his intelligence. It's about it's about his consistency. And with Levis, it's not about his athleticism, dude. I promise you, dude can go out and like reverse dunk. Okay, dude's fine yeah. as an athlete. <laughs> More than fine. I mean, he's he's special. Yes, it's about his consistency. And the thing about it is when you read all the gurus that talk about his negatives, every line starts in, in 2022, in 2022, in 2022, in 2022. Nobody says shit about 2021, right? When he had a pretty good year and kind of emerged as a as a dude. But nobody wants to talk about that no. he had a brand-new coordinator come in, and that guy got fired, by the way. Yeah. It was a one-year coordinator, and it was like, oh, all of his throws were behind the line of scrimmage. He doesn't call the damn plays. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of things that are being – he's I've, getting dinged on that really probably wasn't all him. I got to be real. I, I, I typically am pretty objective on this stuff. Yeah. I am cheering for both Will Levis and Anthony Richardson Did you at see the, the ball level. come out of his hand this weekend? Who, which one? Will Levis. I'm, I'm cheering for both of them. I can the, the, spin some, it. Some of the criticisms of Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are absurd. I'm not saying there aren't legitimate criticisms. There are. Yeah. They're also college players, okay? Yep. They're, they're going to play in the NFL. And there are some guys who went to the NFL who were not elite superstars in college who turned out pretty good. Yeah. Okay? I mean, there were question marks about Aaron Rodgers coming out of <laughs> There was. There were big question marks. Arm strength. Did you know that? There that were big thing. question marks about Lamar Jackson yes. coming out. And, and a lot of it was 
stereotypical crap. Yeah. And yet Lamar Jackson's answered every one of those questions. I mean, no, they're not finished products. No. They hadn't played a snap in the league yet. Of course they're not finished products. Some of the questions about Richardson is like, they make Richardson sound like he can't figure out how to spell his name. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not, if anybody, I've, I've talked to plenty of people who've been around that kid. That's not what they say. No, I have not heard that. They'll question, hey, timing a little bit. Hey, it's not about it's 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 not about decision making. It's about sometimes he wants to make a he wants every play to be the big play. Right. Like sometimes he's 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 the he's the guy at the plate who's has a tendency to always swing for the fences. Yes. He and he, so sometimes you want to hey dude, it's a fastball away. What we really need right now is the ball in play. Drive it to right field. He you, tries to hit out the park every time. And he but a lot of times you can coach that out. Yeah. Well, they, anyway, I'm sorry. Now they're well, it's a business. Now they're going to get their ass fired out if they don't do it. But and then we get to our good friend Anthony Richardson. As we said on our show on Thursday. I mean, I mean, as we said, like, here's the best part is I've always known this. I think you have always known this. Yes. But it was like people didn't really understand what the numbers actually were until he went and tested. And they're like, holy shit. Like, how can you pass on this guy? All right, here we go. 6'4", 244 pounds. Let's start there. Yep. Six four two forty four. It's a dream for NFL coaches to have a quarterback that size. With a ten five hand, which is big. Yeah. Ran the forty laser timed, laser timed <laughs> at four point four three. Do you know how many how few people can truly run a four four yes, three I do. forty? Yes, I, I on actually a laser. I do. Yes, I, I do. The answer is not many. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> and not that it matters, but he can jump out of the yeah. building. He jumped 40.5 inches. Okay. I mean, which is I mean, just super, I saw, superfluous. But. I've seen two players in my life, I think, with my own two. I, I've seen a couple other ones, but just the two off the top of my head. Uh, I played with a guy named Jonathan Carter, who was a wide receiver, got dra drafted by the Jets because he jumped 40, uh, 41 inches. DeWitt Betterson got drafted at running back because he jumped 41 inches. 40. Now, let me check that. Those guys were receivers and, like, lights, like, more like a Kenyon Drake-built running back. This guy's 244 pounds and jumped 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. That's insane. And that's no running start now. This dude's two feet on the ground. This is why I tell people, hopping. if you've never been to an NBA game and you get a chance to go to an NBA game in person up close, you will walk out of there going, oh, my God. Oh, there's some their athleticism is unbelievable. I mean, these six, seven and a half, six, eight guys who jump forty inches and they look like chiseled granite, and you're like, it's not fair. All right, his you walk out of an N NBA arena just going, life's not fair. His broad jump was ten foot nine inch, which is for people that don't know, is elite for the elite of elite wide receivers that get to do this stuff for a living. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and by the way, he can throw it as far as you want to throw it. He literally he has look at the end of the day, he has two problems. Okay. All right. He does struggle layering throws. You can call it throwing change ups or whatever, touch, putting touch on the ball. Yeah. Because he, what you're like, exactly what we're talking about. Because he's got a rocket. And he's sometimes got a he rocket. He just wants you to see it. And it's tough to gear down. And the best way I can describe it to you is if you've played, if you've pitched before in a game as a baseball player, like I had this problem, I did, is you're throwing as hard, you know, you're throwing 60 pitches into a game, whatever, you're throwing, 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 and you get the one right back at you. And you got to make that throw to first base. It is very hard to go throwing a fastball to trying to throw in a touch a touch ball to the first baseman. Which is literally one of the reasons that a lot of pitchers will jog over yes. towards first base and underhand it. Because they're, they're afraid that, they can't throw it right. And so 
he does the same. He he throws fastball, 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 fastball. Yeah. And the reason he waits so long on the balls you're talking about on like over routes and things like that, because he doesn't need to be a window to fit it in there because his throw speed is going to cut down a lot of that. You don't have to be very open with him. Right. Um, he can throw you open. He can throw you open. <laughs> yeah. To, that's the understatement of the decade, right? But here's the deal is there's not going to be any more padded games between now and the draft. And he's just going to continue to go tick, 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 tick up. And if you are in a draft when there's not, you know, everybody's got question marks. Man, can Bryce Young stay healthy? What C.J. Stroud do we get? Do we get Georgia C.J. Stroud or we get the other C.J. Stroud? You know, Will Levis, we get 22 Will Levis or we get 21. Or do I take this guy that's, I mean, like, dude, there was a guy named Jalen Hurts coming out of the draft. Everybody laughed at the Philadelphia Eagles for taking this guy. I know. I know. Laughed. I know. Listen. So can you build an offense around what the kids can do? It's, it's what the Eagles did. It's it's and they did it all the way to the Super Bowl. It's why that position leads to more mistakes. Then I mean, these are professional people. I, I it's why I, I've told you that I won't be repetitive. I I will I laugh at the criticism that like rivals and on three yeah. and scout get whatever it's called now. Two four seven. They all get criticized for their rank rankings. And I'm like, I'm a critic and, and it's fair, but with quarterbacks, man, it's really, this happens a lot in the NFL too. There's a whole bunch of mistakes, oh, a ton. whole bunch of mistakes. You're going to miss more than you're going to hit. That's just the numbers. And so the grind ask, is there anybody that, that is there a natural comparison for Richardson? The truth <laughs> is not really. Um, I mean, Vince young, maybe. Well, probably the closest. He's more athletic than Vince Young was. Yeah, Vince was fast, right? Vince was a freak of Zoe fast. Vince Young was the best high school his, tape I ever saw. His arm is Elway-ish. Oh, arm strength. Vince Young has nothing on this kid's arm. I'm I just mean, saying. His, his arm, his size and stuff is kind of Roethlisberger-ish, except he's a much better athlete than Roethlisberger. I got a, I got a comparison. But now Roethlisberger was a pretty good athlete. I got a comparison for you. Okay. A, just a tick slower. All right. And they're not much slower, but just a tick slower than a guy named Michael Vick. Michael Vick had a hose, wasn't very accurate. How big was Vick? He went six four though. No, was no, he? no. He was six foot ish, six yeah. foot ish. That's the thing about Richardson is in in today's NFL, the, all the defensive linemen are so big, so tall, that the problem you that you worry about with like a Bryce Young is, God, are we going to be able to like Burrow gets a lot of balls batted down? Can can we get the ball out of there? Well, he's so smart, like Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees, they list Drew Brees at six foot. I'll kiss your ass if Drew Brees is six foot. I've seen him in person. Dante Culpepper, that's not a terrible example. Dante couldn't run, wasn't an athlete, though. Yeah, he wasn't. He, but he had a hose. Yeah, he he ran a 4-4 in his dreams. And then here's the thing is even when Michael Vick played and Dante Culpepper played, the game was different, right? Like nobody played. It was like cover. It was like off man, everybody bailing, and our offense is going to take – I mean, that's why I like Randy Moss, right? Yep. Randy Moss could just outrun everybody. You throw a jump ball to him, and he could go get it. You can't do that in today's game. Well, it's it's why Richardson is – look, they're going to sit in those rooms, these teams that have a chance to get up to the first pick, the second pick, and they're going to talk about him, and someone's finally going to go, he's a unicorn. I mean, there isn't a natural comp. And so it's a matter of two things. Yeah, you're going to fall in love with him. The way he looks. Um, he's also a super charismatic guy. 
mean, it's all there. Yeah. And they're going to get him in a meeting, and they're going to take him to dinner, and they're going to get him to throw, and he's going to throw the damn ball out of the damn building, and <laughs> they're going to put a gun on it and be like, oh. And they're all just, they're going to have him on film, and they're going to go watch the film, and they're going to look at his, and they're going to go, you know, we could just fix his feet work a little, footwork a little bit. He breaks all the molds, man. I mean, and I get it. And so it comes down to this. Can an organization say, all right, once we draft him, it's on us. It's not on him. It's on him, but it's on us. Can we build an offense around his strengths and around his weaknesses? You're going to laugh at me. Do you know who? Do you know where I would? Now it would take some finagling, like right now, but somewhere that would be perfect for this guy would be a place like New York, the New York Giants. When you got Danny Dimes is there, now they're fisting to have to redo his deal. But so it's yeah, we'll talk about that in timing. a minute. But, but yeah, but. <clears throat> but you got to have someone like Brian Dayball who says, okay. He's coached in college. He understands the quarterback yes. run game. Here's a lot of these guys in the NFL don't understand quarterback run game. Yeah, or they just they're scared of it. You, but you got to have somebody who looks at him and goes, all right, yeah, sure. In an ideal world, in an ideal world, and maybe this happens. I mean, it's on the table, right? It's on the menu where he learns how to feather throws and he develops some better touch and he does some of those things. It happens. But it's probably going to take a minute. And so in the minute when you're trying to have success and if you draft him first or second, he's playing this year. That's the problem. I don't know if I could do that as a coach-wise, but that's what's different about the NFL is like some places the coach has a lot of say what's going – like I guarantee you, Sean Payton's going to be all over the draft in, in Denver, right? Oh, yeah. There's going to be some coaches that have no say. Right. Right? It's just depending on how the power of the GM deal. The personnel world is going to love this guy. The coaching world is not going to love this well, guy. Well, I mean, look, in an ideal world, you could draft him into a team that had a veteran, a Kurt Warner kind of a guy, right? Correct. Like Eli benefited from this greatly when he went to New York. And you get, I don't know, 13 weeks to a season where you get to develop without some pressure. You get to practice. The, the vet knows, hey, this kid's taking my job. I'm Part of my salary is to sign a – Pet him along, right? Yeah. And if I do this well enough, like it worked out for Werner because he went somewhere else and won a, a Super Arizona. Bowl. But you 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 want to be able to you'd love to be able to bring him in and work with him without every Sunday everything being evaluated. Like I think the Bears would have loved to have given Justin Fields more time. But yeah. I don't know that in today's football that's gonna work out. I put it like this. I'm being dead serious. If this was last year's draft, I would have I'd take Anthony Richardson before I take Justin Fields. Well, I, mean, I think the Bears probably think about it. I I would because, you know, it appears that the Bears are like we we're too far invested on Fields now to go back. You but, think Justin Fields can run the football? Oh, this kid's this kid's amazing. If you if you but you got it. But that's probably what you're going. All right, get. so who's who? If if you knowing what you know today, yeah. You're the team that trades up with Chicago. I don't pick who you, Carolina, right. Indianapolis, whoever. Who are you taking Golly. today? It's going to change between now gonna, and all right. It's going to change because I want to go back and study. But if just off what I know right now, uh -huh. I would probably still take Bryce Young. If I was taking a quarterback one, if I was taking one of these quarterbacks, I would still probably take Bryce Young because it's the safest. You know, at least from a mentality standpoint, he's he's going to be able to play faster, in my opinion, than the effectively in the NFL faster. It's not a matter of can he play, it's a matter of can he stay healthy. Okay. It's not that it's a safer Who pick. would you take last? 
Who'd be the last of those four that you'd take? In my opinion? Yeah. C.J. Stroud? Yeah, I'm just kind of there, too. Like, I, I, I really, you know, I, I'd like and to And he could through. burn you. He could burn. They all could burn you. Sure. Um, But depending on where I'm picking and all that stuff, I, I would definitely Bryce Young, and then I would, I'd need to work the guy out, talk the guy, mentally see where he's at, and all that stuff. But um, the other guy. I Levis can really throw it, man. Oh, it's, dude, if it wasn't for Anthony Richardson being just a generational freakazoid, Everybody be talking about Will Levis today because let me tell you something. When it leaves his hand, it's pretty. It's pretty as it gets, brother. It's and he, pretty as it and gets. And he can feather it. And he can feather it. He can do all that stuff. Like it's just the, like <laughs> it's good. Man. Oh, it's it's why they sit in that room and there there's there's some meetings that that I don't know if they get contentious. They probably do, but there are there are some meetings where people walk out of there going, "Boy, I we got we, we got to get this one right. We're going to pay a pretty price to move up." And we got to get this right because if we get this wrong, this is all we'll ever hear about. And there will be, hey, let's not bears this. Let's not Trubisky this. Let's not overthink this. Yeah. Grind says, why don't y'all like Ohio State, Ryan Day quarterbacks? It's not about Ryan Day. Ryan, look, let me tell you something they do. They do well at at, at uh, Ohio State. I don't care what anybody says. They can ev- they evaluate players about as good as they can be done. They're, they're one of the best evaluating staffs out there when it comes to – like they don't miss on receivers, dude. If you get if you see a receiver that's been offered and a committable offer by Ohio State, that dude can probably play. And I don't. It's not that I quarterback dis- same way. It's not that I dislike way. Fields. I just every time I watch Fields, the same phrase kind of goes through my mind. He's got a ceiling. Yeah. Like he's a good player. He's, and he's getting good, better. But but I, I I just worry that he's got a he's wild getting, card round ceiling. Yeah. He he's getting better, but he's going to make. He can't run around forever, and that's the problem with Lamar, which we'll talk about next. But before we now get they out have of here, it, they, the Bears have yet to give him. They're starting to. Late last season, they started to give him some weapons, and yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe so. He'll maybe, get better. Maybe it'll it'll come along. But but so far, I'm like, I don't know. Like if I'm the Bears, honest to God, there's I'm I'm I watch the Will Levises and the Anthony Richardson in the world, and it, it is difficult for me not to at least consider. Gosh, man, what if we? What if we traded Fields? What if what if we went quarterback here? They they probably would have already had to do that. But um, I'll say this before we get out of the combine. Everybody needs to be watch out for my boy, the mailman, Stetson Bennett. Watch out for my boy. Here's what he is. If I had a which there's going to be teams, maybe even a fourth or a fifth round. If I am San Diego. If I am Buffalo, if I am Kansas City, if I am uh, now the the Saints, I'd probably take him. He is going to be this generation's Chase Daniel. Okay. And I'm not saying he's going to start. I'm saying you're taking him to have, like, that's a luxury at backup. Okay? Okay. So that gives you four years of having a backup quarterback on basically a rookie deal. Because these backup quarterbacks, like when A.J., who's playing well, when A.J. goes back in, he's going to get four, five, six, seven million dollars to go be a backup quarterback. You can go get this kid for 400 grand. Yeah. And so it, I'll buy it, that. It'll allow you to be a get a um, – that's played in the big game. He did really well at the combine. Threw the ball well, ran well, did everything well, did exactly what he's supposed to do. I think he's going to be this generation's Chase Daniel that's going to play as long as he wants to play as a backup quarterback. And he'll be a good one. 
Okay. That gets you out of game and, and, and can actually probably win a couple of games with it. Um, all right. Other NFL news. And then we'll hit the uh, commercial break there. Derek Carr to the Saints. After the deal was said to be done, it wasn't going to happen. He, he ends up going to the Saints, probably smoke screens, four years, $150 million with $100 million guaranteed. Get you some of that, Dougie Fresh. What do you think about that? Good move for the Saints. It makes them the immediate favorite as of today. He walked in the door. He's the best quarterback in the division. In the NFC South. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, They still have some financial stuff they've got to work out with their cap and, and that kind of thing. Um. He's got some weapons to work with. We talked about Olave, Kamara. Um, what happened in Vegas, I don't think was his fault. It's good. Dennis Allen was with him in the Raiders as well. Yeah, no, it's good. It makes it, it makes the Saints a playoff team. Like that. That, yeah, sure. I'll be interested what Chase thinks about it since tomorrow. I know you got to ask him about it tomorrow. Chase will probably worry a little bit that it makes the Saints a purgatory team. A purgatory team? Where you're sort of where the Ravens have been the last few years. You make the playoffs, but that's as far as you go. So, interesting from this move. So, this pretty much assures that uh, Jameis Winston is going to get released by March 15th. I mean, by yeah, by March 15th, he'll be released in the next week uh, because it gives them, I don't know, I think it's like four and a half million, four point four million dollars relief in the cap, if my math right. Um, so, Jameis Winston will now be a free agent. <clears throat> um, and here's the thing. <laughs> I do want to say this. So they structured his deal because uh, Hardman says in the, in the stream, says Saints don't care about the cap. All right, so let's talk about the cap, right? They're, I love the way they're posting these tweets and everything, like Derek Carr restructuring his contract to help with the cap. 
And like Demario Davis, I know got restructured his contract, and Tyson uh, and Taysom Hill restructured his contract. Mm-hmm. But here's what restructuring the con- contract means: Let's stop acting like these guys restructuring their contract or falling on the sword for the team. Okay, can we stop that? Like every tweet is like. He's such a great guy. He restructured his contract to help the Still team. Still getting the same money. Coach, let's say you're making 100 like my man over here, $100 million guaranteed. When he signs that in ink, they're handing him $60 million as a signing bonus because signing bonuses don't count towards right. the cap. Right. So you can pay a guy $40 gazillion. I could pay you $400 million, okay? I could give I, you I'm a, just going to tell you, if, you you'll, if you'll do that, I will love you so much. <laughs> All right. But I'm gonna give you. I will. I will. I will. I will do anything for you for four hundred million dollars. I'm gonna give you three hundred ninety-nine million dollars in a signing bonus, though. Okay? That's fine. So, so we can help the team. Yeah, go for <laughs> hey, it. Fall on that sword, boss. <laughs> Good with me. You know what I mean? Like they don't care. Let's I mean, stop well, acting like they're sacrificing. Well, for the like team. so much of Joe Burrow's <laughs> deal coming up, and and uh, Justin Herbert's deal coming up. The, the reason it's taking as long as it's taking is it's not because they haven't they don't know what the number is it's they're figuring out how to structure it. yeah you got a structure and there it's not all of it there's just a percentage or whatever it is but let's stop acting like these guys are doing the big favor for everybody so you're saying that's where the guaranteed money comes in all right so you're saying you could cut me in three weeks but i still get that money yeah that's like when aj got his deal with buffalo a couple of years ago this is the greatest deal ever he got 14 million 10 million guaranteed never took a snap that's living. <laughs> Never took a snap. That's form. living right. He actually got traded before the season even started. He was there for like six months. <laughs> wrote to checks. I mean, like so he we, loves the Bills. Oh, he's he's all about the Bills, you know. Yeah. But um, but anyway, I thought that was. He great. was with the Bengals for a while, wasn't he? Bengals for a long time. Yeah. Bengals, Bills. He went out to the Raiders, Houston, Atlanta, and then he's in the XFL. They got beat. They lost the first game yesterday. Okay. So I didn't text him. <laughs> I didn't text him yesterday. I'll wait till they win. All right, uh, you want to tell us about walk-ons? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you about walk-ons. Let me know about walk-ons since we got tournament coming up. Yeah, a good place to watch uh, college basketball games, all the tournaments going on. Walk-on Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. You can order online at walkons.com or on their convenient walk-ons app. If you're in Oxford or Jackson looking for a place to watch the tournaments, uh, there's championship games tonight, South Alabama and Louisiana Lafayette. Let's go, Jags. Put your J's up. Put your J's up. There's that. There's um, the I think it's the um, the league with Gonzaga and St. Mary's there in the quarters. The West the West the WAC. No, it's the WCC, no. right? Yeah, West Coast Conference or maybe yeah. whatever. Anyway, all that's getting started. All the the semis tonight. All the bigs get started uh, Wednesday. So uh, stop at walk-ons. Make it a part of uh, part of your tournament watching. All right, uh, franchise tag is due at four p.m. Eastern tomorrow, three 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 p.m. Central. If you're on the Good Lord's time, um, and we got an interesting situation going on in Baltimore right now. A lot of decisions to be made in the next 24 hours. Literally about 24 hours and 17 minutes. Got to make the 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 Ravens got to make a decision here. So let's talk about this. All right. So everybody's kind of heard of what the franchise tag is, right? So <clears throat> there are two kinds of franchise tags. So let's go through Lamar Jackson's situation. Okay. They can assign him a non-exclusive franchise tag, which will pay him 32 million dollars for one time and one time only next year. Okay. 
then or they can sign him to an exclusive tag, which okay. will pay him $45 million next year. Okay. Let's talk about the differences, right? So a non-exclusive tag, they can give him a non-exclusive tag that will come with $32 million. With a non-exclusive tag, which Lamar is already doing, by the way. He's his own agent, by the way. You can go and shop. He doesn't have an agent? No. He needs an agent. Hey, well, it worked for Rolando Smith. <laughs> he did fine. All right, with the Ravens, matter of fact. <laughs> but you can go and sign an offer sheet with another team, which he is negotiating publicly, I guess, with the Redskins or the Commanders. Okay? He can sign that offer sheet. So let's say they offer him $50 million a year. The Now the Ravens have an opportunity in a non-exclusive deal. If you go sign with another team, an offer sheet, I have the ability to match that. If I don't match that and I let you go, I receive draft picks in the form of two first-round picks back for that. So a first this year and a first next year. I don't know the years. I just know it's two. <laughs> Um, I'd have to look at the years. An exclusive tag, if he signs the exclusive tag, then the Ravens would control his rights and trade talks and compensation with other teams. So they could technically sign him to a exclusive tag and then negotiate trades with different teams to get different kinds of compensation. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. The Ravens... If they sign him, they're going to have cap problems. If they release him or let him go, they're going to get $21 million in cap space. So the question is, is it time to burn this thing down and start over at quarterback? And taking an Anthony Richardson in the first round and pay him $400,000 a year instead of $45 million. All right, but if you're the Ravens, where do they pick? Where's their pick? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be probably, if I had to guess, around 20. Because he's not going to fall that far. Allegedly. But you could you could burn some more cap space with it. You could make a trade for like a Marlon Humphrey or Rolando that has, then you free up that cap space and burn it down and trade up. I guess so. Um, you could burn it down if you want to. I said this. I'll be consistent because, but when the money, when the moment comes, you're like, God Almighty, because um, he's so good. It's my opinion that their window has shut in the AFC North. I don't think they can win it. I think Cincinnati the next few years is just better than them. And if I'm them, I'm tempted. But I, their mistake in my opinion, was you could get more than two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson. And so now you're going to run the risk of that's all you get. Uh, here's my problem with Lamar. I think Lamar is an unbelievable talent, right? When was the last time Lamar Jackson finished the season healthy? Well, he hasn't. Because he runs so damn much, right? It goes back to the whole staying healthy thing. When he is healthy, they're as good as anybody, man. They can really play. But they haven't given him the weapons that some other legitimate quarterbacks in the league have gotten. But I, mean, I mean, he hasn't been protected. They, they've not done yes, – Yes and no, though. They've he, not done a great job giving him – like he has nothing resembling the arsenal of weapons that Burrow has in the same division. But way, the way he plays quarterback, 
he doesn't he doesn't use his wideouts, wideouts. You know what I mean? Like now, Mark Andrews, he gets fed. You know, the running back that is not their fault. They keep getting hurt. You know, that's not his fault. Um, yes and no. I mean, they've had guys run through there, but when they go to Baltimore, they go to die. But the receivers because they don't get any balls, they don't get any targets. Um, you know, it just is it time to move on instead of paying? Do you want to pay? Do you want to pay the guy thirty-two or forty-five million dollars, or do you want to just start over? Because he wants a Deshaun Watson. He wants a um, Russell Wilson kind of deal. And I'm not. There's no chance in hell I'm putting guaranteed money in a guy that can't finish a season. If I'm putting guaranteed money into a guy, I'm putting it into a guy that's going to finish the year every year. Um, I just I, I don't I, I don't I think if if I was in Baltimore, I think I would burn it down and start over. That's what I said at the end of the season, so I'm going to agree with you. But, boy, it would be tough to pull the trigger on that. <laughs> Glad it's somebody else, not me. Because he's he's a, an elite player. When he's playing. Yeah, he's he's special. All right, uh, real quick, I think you're going to see a deal get done with Daniel Jones and um, franchise tag go to Saquon um, in the next 24 hours. You'll know if they do franchise and haven't announced the Daniel Jones deal, that's because they're about to get a deal done with Daniel Jones. They know that because um, you can only use one franchise tag. Uh, it's easier to do that because it's cheaper to do that. by by. It's cheaper to franchise a running back than it is a quarterback. So that's why you'll see that done. All right, let's shift over to your favorite part right here. You just mentioned it, my South Alabama Jaguars. Put your Jays up playing tonight. But let's talk a little bit about the, the tournament you're going to be covering. The right. SEC basketball tournament that's starting Wednesday in Nash, Vegas uh, at the Bridgestone Arena. So a couple questions here for you. Who in the SEC tournament, who has the most to gain, in your opinion? And don't I, I know that uh, one of the low I mean, Wednesday teams could win it all. Ole but Miss. I'm saying like, or, 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 I mean, Ole Miss or, or the winner of Ole Miss, Missouri. Let's take I mean, the Ole ones Miss, that – Ole Miss, South Carolina has got the most to gain. Let's take, them a roll. let's take those – those One out. of those teams is only going to have to win four games in four days. That's it. Um, most to gain. I would have said Vanderbilt until I found out that Robbins is out. Out for the year. So it's not them. That sucks. Yeah, it does suck. He's a good player. They were a really good team with him playing. And they're very average without him. All um, right, so let me ask you a question. Well, go ahead. So I'll say the team with the most to gain is Mississippi State because they can get – eliminate bubble stuff by winning a couple of games, make it go away, and they're good. I think they're good anyway, but they could probably make for a more peaceful weekend. So they're playing Florida first round, right? Yeah. Okay, so they play – well, I got it right here. I guess I could look at it. Um, they're playing Florida um, on Thursday, first game Thursday. Then they have to match up with Alabama. So it, let me ask you this. Okay. If Mississippi State – beats Florida, and then loses to Alabama, are they in the tournament? Yes. So you said, what if they lose to Florida on Thursday? Probably in trouble. Puts them on a bubble or puts them out? Puts them on a bubble and makes it where they could lose out their spot to bid stealers, where like we talked about like UAB wins Conference USA and CUSA becomes a two-bid league. Gotcha. All right, I would have also – let me ask you – here's my next question because this was my question with a team to gain. Let's talk about Vanderbilt. Let's say Vandy because they still won the other day even though they play Florida. 
let's say they win they win their game on Thursday against LSU or Georgia. All right, which is doable, obviously. And they go and upset Kentucky. Even though they lost to LSU, are they in if they can beat Kentucky on Friday? Vanderbilt. Yes. No. Do they what if they beat the Texas A and M Auburn uh Arkansas winner? They what if they get the championship game? Last year's history with A and M would tell me no. So regardless, they would basically have to win the tournament, you think, to get in. Yes. There's no no other My way. My opinion? No. Yeah. No. Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> who has the most to lose in the tournament? And is it the same thing as who has the most to gain? It's probably state. If they lose to Florida, they're they're they you really put yourself in a perilous position. I think everybody else is in. I is think Auburn in regardless. Yes. Okay. Yes. Auburn got in when they beat Tennessee. Okay. That was it. I think they were probably in before that, but yes. All right, my team with the most to lose. Okay. It's going to surprise you a little bit. It's Tennessee. Not that they're they're going to get in. They're in. Oh yeah, they're in, but if Tennessee they're just not the same team without Zakai Ziegler. There you go. So, let me ask you there's here's what I'm saying. Let's say they get they get ousted, which I think they're going to I, I think they're in they're in trouble. Yeah, I'm pissed off about it too because they're a good team and people are gonna do that. And I'm not a Rick Barnes guy, whatever, but my my field is lazy. And like Rick Barnes, second weekend, first first weekend, Rick. It's like, okay, yeah, but this team was special before Zakai Ziegler got hurt. Zakai Ziegler's the maybe the best defensive guard in the league. He's he's an elite team runner he's he's the heart and he's soul of their team he's yeah, a, he made everything go he's he's everything that is good about college basketball Zakai uh-huh. Ziegler's fun he's he's high energy he's uh maybe the fastest guy baseline to baseline in the league so of course Tennessee losing him on the last week of the season they're not going to be the same team that's not on Rick Barnes that's on bad luck sorry all right so here's my thing if Tennessee gets ousted, and if I had to pick an upset, I got a couple I'm going to hit you with right now looking at the bracket. I'm not going to be shocked if the winner of the Ole Miss-South Carolina game pops Tennessee. That's what Chase said this morning. Uh, that would not surprise that me. That makes me nervous because I, I I have no plans to be there Friday. <laughs> Just giving you a hit. Like, I'm being dead serious. Um, if you had to pick Ole Miss-South Carolina Ole right Miss. now. Ole Miss. They're both actually playing a They're lot They're both playing better. a lot better. Ole Miss, I, you, since Kermit's gone, um, since Win Case has been coached, they, they they've been playing the whole year. But dude, they're playing good. They're just not getting Winning. over the hump, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. They go and pop. I mean, that's that's a viable upset there. If Tennessee gets popped by one of those teams, it's going to crush their seating in the big tournament, and then they're going to get matched up with somebody. Might knock them down a, a level. I just don't think. Right, it's, what, I just where think it's they seat, matter. All right, they lose. Where are they seated? They're still seated fifth. You're getting that five twelve matchup. Yeah. And you they're get, in trouble. And they're in trouble from an upset standpoint in the big show. Sure. That's why I'm saying they had the most to lose as opposed to going and playing Bucknell first round. Right. Um, that would be mine. And then who you got winning the tournament? I still have Alabama winning it, but all right, teams that I think could win it. Alabama. Yep. A and M. Yep. Kentucky. Yep. Now, Kentucky's going to have to get a point guard back. I mean, they 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 went to Arkansas and won, but some of that was Arkansas had just this mental breakdown in that game. I mean, Debo Davis, that you you can't do what he did in that game. You can't get yourself technical out of the game. You just can't. That's how you lose games. Um, I mean, that was that was really immature. Um, that's why I don't like them. Yeah, that was ooh, that was 
you see why sometimes you, you watch self-destruct. You watch Muscleman and you can tell he doesn't like it's that. It's already team. hard enough. Yeah. Um they could win it. I think that's it. I think they're the Did only you say A&M? Yeah, A&M for sure. Right. A&M's gritty as hell. A&M's is A&M is the most disciplined, gritty, focused, methodical, veteran consistent team in the league and it's not close you may give you they my- don't have the they don't but what a&m doesn't have though is there's no brandon miller there's no kid the, the kid for kentucky the sixth man who came in and went for 40 the other night they don't have that dude what's number four's name wade taylor the the fourth is that you're talking about for a&m i don't, I don't know four i'd have to pull up the jersey he's a he's, he's a dude he's kind of their go-to guy all right here's my you want to hear my hot take for the weekend why not? Since uh, we won't have another show and everybody will forget about it by the time we come back to the, to the NCAA tournament show, some asshole here will remind me. Yeah, Wade Taylor the fourth is number four. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, they've got good players. I mean, Dexter Dennis is a really good player. The Hefner kid can shoot it. Uh, we talked about Taylor. Um, I like Anderson Garcia, the junior for them. I mean, I'm pulling up their roster. Henry Coleman the third has been there forever. Good player. I mean, they, they got a good team. Uh, Boots Radford's a really good player, kid from Baton Rouge. I mean, they're a good team, but they don't have that dude who can just go win a game the way that even Kentucky does with Shebway sometimes. I will say this. I thought Shebway got away with the reason Arkansas flipped out, and this is on them. It's on Musselman. It's totally on him. They felt like Shebway should have been ejected for the elbow. Yeah. And he probably should have been. Yeah. But they're not, they, they were never going to throw him out of that game. All right. Here's my hot take for the week for you, okay? I think the winner of the Thursday night 6 p.m. game between Arkansas and Auburn wins the tournament. How? I think the winner. So you think one of those two teams, two two teams that have been consistently inconsistent all season, are going to win on Thursday night and then go, okay, we got it all figured out. Just whoever. whoever. All right, who who does the winner of that game? They got to play A&M. Texas A&M. Dude. Is it possible on a neutral site? Sure. Sure. I mean, A&M, I mean, Arkansas split with A&M, played two really good, played played two good games, beat them handily in Fayetteville, and, and, and lost lost a close one in College Station. I can't remember what Auburn did with A&M. Uh, I don't know. I have to look. But I, Auburn's, Auburn's got like – Auburn was like watching uh, – Ole Miss, except they get over the hump a couple more times. They play well just about every game. All right. Well, I'm going to find this because I'm, I'm now curious. And then the winner of that game would have to play probably Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not sold that Kentucky's. And then Alabama, as much as I love Alabama, and I think they are unbelievable as far as when it comes to athleticism and, and just a good basketball team. Turnovers will turnovers will get them. Yeah, A and M went to Auburn on January the twenty fifth and won by 16, 79 to sixty three. A and M went to Arkansas January the thirty first, lost by eleven, and then played. They played Auburn at home and beat Auburn eighty three seventy eight on February the seventh, and then eight days later they played Arkansas at home and won sixty two to fifty six. So, so I'm, yes, I'm just going to say the winner of the Auburn Arkansas game. I'm picking that team to win the tournament. Okay. Matter of fact, I, I will put I, in a lot. I disagree. Well, I know. That's why we got a great show here. Yeah. I think it's that kind of league this year 
where there's so much parity. The only parity right now is you can't say you know, Alabama's obviously better than everybody, but Alabama, I'm telling you, they'll go cold from three-point line. That's all it takes because they will turn the ball over. If they go cold from the three-point line, they get beat. And it just takes one game. So that's my that's who I'm going with right there. All right. Do you have anyone in the NCAA tournament, the big boy tournament, that I'd said, okay, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you thirty bucks, okay? Not really, but I'm gonna give you thirty bucks mm-hmm. to make three ten dollar future bets on winning the NCAA tournament. Okay. okay. All right. Don't worry about the odds. Who are you picking? You get three shots to pick the the winner of the NCAA tournament. Who are you going with? Oh, I, I'd go Kansas. Okay. Houston. Okay. Um. UCLA, maybe. I don't know. I'm so hate that league. That league's so soft. Um. How you really feel? I'd even I'd even think about Baylor. Um, I don't like any of the SEC teams to win the whole thing. Kansas, Houston, UCLA. All right, my three are going to be UConn. Okay, I like UConn. Like their metrics and all that mess. Yeah. UCLA as well, and I'm going. I'm going to. Uh, damn, grind, grind just popped me with it. Texas. Oh. I like, dude. Texas can beat anybody on any court at any time. They can also get beat, but if they get hot and start, you know, in the middle of looking for like this is going to be the typical. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> they won a national championship. Who are they hiring as a head coach? <laughs> I mean, they'll have to, but that's not what they wanted. I, I can tell you emphatically that that's not what they want. To uh, well, I understand that. I, we, I, I think I Kansas think, State guy, right? I think they want to hire Jerome Tang. Yeah, yeah. How do you? How do you? What are you going to do if he wins the national championship? You have no choice. <laughs> you have to hire. Rob. How far does? He, what if he goes to the Final Four? He probably gets the job. He's probably got. Probably you has to get to the Final Four. Probably you know? has to get to the certainly the Elite Eight and probably the Final Four to. To make them go, oh, God, we have to do this. What at worst? They're going to be a three-seed at worst, probably? Texas? Yeah. Yeah, no worse than a three. They might be a two. Yeah. They're, they're legit now. They're good. They're getting to the second weekend. I mean, Chris Beard built a hell of a roster. And and Terry's done a really good job with them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. But look at the roster that he built. That's why you go hire him. Who? Beard. Where? Ole Miss. <laughs> Tomorrow, <laughs> right now. I'd hire him today. I would. Have I'd, you looked into that at all? Uh, a little, <laughs> literally. About. I see your phone over there blowing up. That's why I was messing I mean, with you. <laughs> that's someone. That's someone in Austin right there. So yeah. You don't want to tweet and report what you're hearing. No. Why not? Because I just don't have it. It'd be great. I don't have be it. first break breaking news. You heard it here I, first. I just don't have McCraney it. McCraney and Siski podcast. Let's go. I don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, just read your read. Just tweet your text. What if you screenshot your text? That wouldn't be very fair to him. <laughs> just black out the name. That still wouldn't be fair to him at all. I've never done that in my life. That would be cruel, wouldn't it? I just unprofessional as hell is what it would be. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I've said what. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. I'll tell you that. Hey, what's uh, who's gonna be the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame? 
or the offensive line coach at Notre Dame? They hired a guy from Virginia Tech. So Matt decided not to do it. He's not going to do it. Okay. That was uh, that was last week. I guess we I, I never heard resolution. Yeah, we could. We could. I guess I could have reported that last week. Yeah, he uh, came home Wednesday. Is that Wednesday? I don't know. Whatever. whatever day it was, I talked to him when he came home, and then uh, he decided not to do it the next day. So, but dude, he's he's a stud, man. He's got it. He's got it. He's got the right setup. I, I don't know if it'd be hard for me to go do a transfer portal and NIL when I could play pickleball and golf all day. Although I've never played pickleball, but he's good at it. Pickleball's becoming a really big deal. I haven't done it yet. I've been asked a thousand times. So Rich Rod is like. Well, we should ask Rich Rod about this. Rich Rod is like in pickleball now to well, the point to where at his new house in Jacksonville, yeah. he built pickleball courts in his backyard, like legit. Well, like Carson goes and plays pickleball with his buddies. That's what they do for fun. Yeah, I, I've never played. Like Every time I look at his location, he's at Avent Park, and I know, okay, they're playing pickleball. Yeah, I've never played. Um, I don't know. When I was a kid, and I, I should have turned it into something, when I was in high school, he reminds me more of me all the time. I, when I was in high school, me and my buddies created a game. We called it multi-ball. It was okay. tennis with a Nerf <laughs> soccer ball. Okay. And we had all these rules that were – you used a tennis yeah. court. and So you were a pickleball before there was a pickleball, just a smaller ball? We just, it was a bigger <laughs> ball. No, now it's just a smaller ball. Yeah, now it's a smaller yeah. ball. And we, we, yeah, you played – there were singles rules, and it was really fun with doubles, but doubles had a lot of complicated rules. Yeah. No, Matt. And we would play. We would play multi ball from eight p.m. until midnight. I mean, yeah. So Rich Rod, I, I couldn't get a date, but by God, I could play multi ball. Rich Rod was the first guy that I that I knew that like swore by it, right? And I was like, and this is years. ago. This is when he, he was here, like twenty nineteen or whatever. He swore by it. He loved it. And then me and Matt used to joke with and make fun of him all the time. Playing, we ain't playing pickleball. We're gonna play golf. So it's funny that now Matt went and now he's a big pickleball guy. Matt has a good neighborhood. Like he's got. Uh, like Brendan Todd lives over there. David Pollock. I think David Pollock's the one that's got the – he's like next-door neighbor for David Pollock. I think he's got a, a tennis court, uh pickleball thing. And then Chris Kurt, the guy who won the PGA Tour last week, that's who he plays golf with. So. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to do it. I'd so. rather do that than have to do photo sh shoots with 16-year-old kids. Dude. And that started back this past weekend. Yeah. Everybody's like – Spinning around. Hey. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go. The L's not for Louisiana. <laughs> no. All right, before we get out of here, and I know we've already talked, so I know you were at your parents' house, but you missed arguably the best UFC fight card of the year on Saturday. I heard it was good. Okay. I saw some like still pictures and stuff. I was I was at least intrigued when they talked about the guillotine hold. I'm like, what what, what was that? And you explained yeah, it to me a little bit. Yeah, it's a guillotine. But so it was a debate on your board. I, I loved it because there's a lot of people. So without question, the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, Johnny Bones Jones, John Jones, came back after a three-year layoff, went up to heavyweight. He usually fought, fought in light heavyweight. Um, and he beat Cyril Gaon. And everybody was like, oh, he's been off for three years. And Cyril Gaon is like a really athletic dude. It's like 6'3", 244, I think, something like that. He's like, he's like Anthony Richardson size. Um, but six-pack, the whole deal, can really move, causes people problems with his feet. And he'd only lost one time to Francis Nagano and um, by decision had never been finished his entire career. John Jones has not fought in three years, comes out there and chokes him out in about two minutes. Light work. 
And, you know, John Jones for this generation, um, a lot of like my son, who we kind of got into it during COVID, you know, kind of started getting in, you know, him watching and everything else. Mm-hmm. He had never seen John Jones fight. You know, he'd seen on the old videos and all that stuff, but he was just kind of like a, you know, when I started watching UFC, John Jones was in his prime, right? And uh, he's never been beaten. I guess his record's either 27-1-1 now or it's 28-1-1. But the one loss came where he beat the guy, but they, they caught him with illegal elbows, and so they counted it as a loss. Okay. Because he got disqualified, and he's won no contest is when he beat Daniel Cormier, um, and he failed a drug test the next week. So that's been his big thing is like drug tests and stuff. But they need to go back and fix his record because the stuff that he failed for is now legal, like the li- the limits and stuff. So it's not like he was out, you know. So he's like UFC's Will Wade. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, but it was the I had this down last week. So, do you know who uh, David Goggins is? Have you seen this guy? On? Yes. All right. So, David Goggins is his mental coach. Okay. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. That's my dude. Yeah. David Goggins, like, so, you know, Matt and I are real good friends, obviously. So, every time there's a good David Goggins uh, tweet that comes on with a video, we'll just send it back and forth. Like, this dude cracks me <laughs> cracks me up. Um, he would definitely have the explicit uh, language category on, uh, on YouTube. But uh, he was his mental coach. So that was funny. And by the way, do you know uh, John Jones, like his brother, like Chandler Jones? Uh-huh. That's his brother. Oh, okay. So he's, his brother's playing NFL and stuff. Great athlete. But anyway, um, and then uh, Valentina uh, Shevchenko uh, fought Alexa Grasso. Okay? So Valentina was like the greatest female, I guess, in a long time. Like she lost to Amanda Nunes, but in her weight class, she had won, hadn't lost since like 2018. And it goes to show, and I think this is real important because I wanted to bring this up to end. I think a lot of people in the mixed martial arts world and even in the NFL, when you grow up without money and all of a sudden you get the big check, different kind of person it takes to come to work. I mean, to come to work every day. I think there's an edge lost a little bit. And in MMA especially, like, dude, if you don't come with an edge, you're going to get beat because it's a one-punch league, man. You can get hit. You can get caught by anybody. But if you're not 100, like you look at Conor McGregor, since he's made his money, he's like one in four. And his only win was over somebody that was washed up. It's probably hard to go train the way you would have trained before it's, when you're. Yeah, to have that, you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. got to be, di- like football is one thing, but MMA, I mean, you got to really be a different bird. I remember when Rocky, when Rocky won the title. <laughs> yeah. All right. He, he didn't train the same yeah. way because all of a sudden he wanted to like play yeah. the music. And Mr. Everybody- T got him. And, and Clubber Lang. Yeah, Clubber Lang Mr. got him. Mr. T, Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang yeah. was hungry. He was hungry. And I really and do. so Rocky, I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I'm Rocky, a big Rocky guy. Rocky had, and I mean, this is when Adrian's the worst. He's awful. I mean, she. Hey, to my might change now. Adrian she, changed from, 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 from movie one to movie four. She went from being like not needy to being super needy. She changed her. Yeah. I'd be pissed if I was Rocky. He That's still not goes, who I married. <laughs> he still goes and sits in her grave, and he's like, hey, baby, you're the best. I'm like, no, she didn't believe in you. Yeah. She literally looked at you and said, you can't win. Yeah. That's right. At that moment, you're like, we're done. Yeah, that's it. You don't believe me, we're done. You, you don't think I can win? But Apollo believed. And so he went out to California Yeah. and ran on the beach. Yep. And he got trained the old-fashioned way. Yep. And stayed he, at the nasty hotel. Stayed at the nasty hotel, and he kicked Clubber's ass. And there's a lesson to be learned there. Yeah, but I really do. There's a, there's an edge that's missing from some of these people. And if you look at Amanda Nunes, so I went to the UFC in in Dallas when she lost to 
but because she had won for so long, and she's getting older. She's made all this money now, and she had won for however many years she had won. And she got caught because she wasn't ready. And she showed up. She looked a little soft, out of shape and everything else. Well, she got pissed off and came back in the rematch and kicked her ass, you know, because she was a better fighter. But um, And then the last one was Bo Nickel, who I got to get you to watch. All right, Bo Nickel, I think you would like this guy. So okay. he's the Penn State three-time All-American, three-time uh-huh. national champ. It was only his fourth fight. So they're going to push him pretty fast. It was his fourth fight, his first real UFC fight because he had done the contender series thing. And they put him on the main card. He is a – what is he? He's going to be a – I don't know. He's lightweight, middleweight, welterweight okay. somewhere. He's not a heavyweight. Okay. So he's not fighting John Jones. No, no, no. Um, but he goes in there, and they're going to push him fast, and he's already on the main card and fight four. Um, and he, he literally said in the deal that he was going to uh, submit the guy, force him to quit in a round, and he did. He went in there and freaking dominated the guy. And he's an elite wrestler and just just technically sound. Technically and stuff. sound. He's a striker, the whole deal. And dude, he he put it on him quick. And uh the funny thing was with this fight, this is the thing that'll make you laugh. So he he fought Jamie Pickett. Yeah. Okay. So Jamie Pickett agreed to this fight way back in the summer. Cause he was like, Hey, we're gonna put you on a this fight was supposed to take place in like December or January. Hey, we're gonna put you on this tells Jamie Pickett this, hey, we're gonna put you on this pay per view and pay you more money. He goes, you're going to fight this guy named Bo Nickel. And he's like, who the hell is Bo Nickel? Right. And so he's like, yeah, sign it. And then so they interviewed him. He didn't realize who he was fighting when he signed the contract. <laughs> and so he was like, I, the dude's fake body language, you already knew. He was like, I didn't even know who I was fighting. And now, obviously, Bo Nickel had gotten hurt, so they had to back it up a couple months. And in that meantime, he figured out who he was really quick because then they aired <laughs> the Contender Series, and he, was, he knew he was in trouble. He got just obliterated and it's probably going to take jamie pickett out of the ufc because he's lost like four in a row now so it's rough rough life man you got to get to watching these things man i watched creed three on uh saturday if you look look do you like boxing i mean i'm I'm, i think pound for pound adonis creed is the best fighter in in boxing oh yeah he's better than drago all right so here's the thing about here's Drago the, is just a mauler. Like Adonis Creed can fight you in a number of different ways. Right. All right. So here's the there difference. must be something to like. <laughs> if you want your kid to be successful, name your kid. I don't care what your last name is. Just name your kid Michael Jordan. It works. And it works. Yeah. It works. It it's like a boy named Sue. You have to be great, or you're gonna get uh, yeah made I mean, fun of. What's your What's your name? This is Michael Jordan, but your last name is McCready. Uh, yeah, but his is not. His he's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael just change his name on the birth certificate. Um, but here's all kidding aside, the reason I like I like MMA better than than boxing now, and I used to be the other way, mm-hmm. is because in boxing, if you're watching Floyd Mayweather fight Conor McGregor, right, you're paying all of your money to watch one fight because you don't even know who's on the undercard. I mean, you don't know any of their names or nothing. With MMA, they do one, they do two main, like a co-main, like those were those first two, Valentino was those were two, they do two title fights. In that, that's why it's grown the way it has. So I mean, it's, it's very, cult. very clearly become a very popular sport. I mean, they were talking about it today on, like, when I was running, I had ESPN on. I wasn't listening to it because obviously, but I had they were they did a, on a day when NFL had a lot going on. They were still talking MMA today, which tells me all I need to know. Yeah, it's a it's, and as good as it is on TV, like when I went there, it was the first one I've ever been to, watching it live. And my man Bob hooked us up with some great seats because Monster is the main sponsor for uh, for MMA. So we were down there tight and uh, like literally within 15 feet of the ring. 
it is one of the most impressive sporting events I've not one of the most impressive sporting event I've ever been to in my life. Like you talking about like how you feel when you go to the NBA games and see those guys. Yeah. One, you can see how athletic these guys are and you hear the punches. Okay. Like it's, I mean, you hear them and I don't remember who it was. My uh, my son had to remind me somebody got hit with a uh, kick to the body and they kick him in the liver and he'll shut you down now. But the violence that that noise made when he kicked him, like you knew something broke, but he just kicked him in the liver. Like it was like, ooh, that's it. And he did. He was he shut down. But it's the violence and being that close and blood and everything else, if they get cut, um, it's good stuff. And then Harmon broke out. What about uh, Rock, <laughs> Rachmanov? He, so he was – he's now 17-0. and 0. He was the third fight. 17-0, and 0, and he's finished all 17 fights. So he fought – he got his mouthpiece knocked out, Okay. He fought, and Herb Dean was the uh, referee. He never saw it on the floor. Because they could have stopped him and let him put his – They usually do. Yeah. But he didn't see it. And Joe Rogan actually was yelling, like took his headset off and said, hey, mouthpiece, and made him stop it. He fought damn near a whole round without a mouthpiece in, was just getting smoked, and he he ends up winning the fight. But um, it was just a great card all the way down to the prelims with all the undefeated guys. It was, it was the best total fight card that I've seen in a long time. And I've said that like twice in the last six months, like they're getting better and better and better and better. They got a week off, not a week off. They got a pay-per-view here in two weeks. So it'd be good. Hey, don't forget. We're also brought to you by Comer heating and air, Southern air conditioning and heating, different names, same great products, same great services, same great people. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, that area, get in touch with our friends at Comer. Make sure that AC is in tip top shape. It's about to get warm. 662-801-1777. If you live in Memphis, Hernando, South Haven, Olive Branch, those areas. Get in touch with our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. And we've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. All I got is the Players' Championship this weekend, so we'll, be, we'll do a golf deal. Okay. I got screwed on golf this weekend, but I want it back on NASCAR. All right, give me your opinion real quick. Um, yep. um As you know, Carson's a big basketball fan. Yep. So planning to take him to New Orleans Saturday and Sunday. Pel- okay. Pels have back-to-backs. Uh, they got Thunder on Saturday. Carson's a big Thunder fan. Shea's back, SGA. And uh, we're going to see Portland on Sunday. Okay. Damian Lillard. And my, my brother is obsessed with, with New Orleans is not safe. You can't go. You can't go. You can't go. Apparently, somebody got murdered in Baton Rouge. Did you hear about that? Yes. They found his body. Do I need to be worried about this? Because I'm like, I, I'm not, we're not going down to the quarter and hanging out. I mean. I'm different than everybody else. Like, dude, I've been recruiting in some bad places. Um, my favorite was when I went with Joey Jones. We were recruiting a kid in Birmingham and getting out and, like, getting out of the car in his driveway. And somebody unloaded a clip in the park across the street. <laughs> so we <laughs> ran inside pretty quick. Um, look, I've always said this. You can mitigate your risk by where you put what environment you put yourself into. Yeah. Okay. Like if you go, if you go down, uh, I started to say Bill Street. If you go down Bourbon Street, like there's a there was there used to be a bar down there called the Cat's Meow. Okay, after the cat's meow, the lights start getting darker and darker. When you got to the cat's meow, just turn around and go back the other direction, 
Like, if you go past the cat's meow, hey, it's on you. And we're not even going to Bourbon. We're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if you go down there right now, you're, if you go past the cat's meow on Bourbon Street, that's on you. I don't know if cat's meow is still there or not, so somebody had to fill me in. It's been a minute. But the lights, it went from being, like, really lit up to just dark. Yeah. Like, that's your fault. Yeah, I mean, we'll go from the hotel, we'll Uber to the arena. I, I'm trying to think last time I went to New Orleans. It was probably Uber, Sugar Bowl, maybe. Uber back. And then we'll... Not gonna, we're not doing I anything. I, I think you can put any any place that you go to, any place you live, all that stuff. And the stuff that, like, and look, the guy, obviously, he didn't go to the bar thinking he was going to get killed or anything. But the guy was at a bar in Baton Rouge and then was walking from there to his hotel by himself. He was at the downtown Marriott. I mean, he said. No, I'm with you. I mean, yeah. you mean there's but there's stuff. Here's the thing. Is I think all this stuff has been, in my opinion, everything that you see now that's newsworthy, I think it's been going on forever. I just think now with social media and everything else, you have a better eye on those things. Like things come out more than 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 not. Yeah. But I mean, people have been getting killed in in cities and and small towns and big towns forever. It's like if you uh oh, cat's meow still open according to Hardman. Appreciate you, Hardman. Like don't go past the cat's meow, man. It's on the left as you're going down Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. Like if you get to the cat's meow, just turn around, and go back. Just turn around, and go the other direction. Stay on Bourbon Street. You're fine. Same thing in Memphis. Go to Bill Street. Stay on Bill Street. You're fine. Go get some Gus's fried chicken, walk down Bill Street, go to the ball game, whatever. But I, like, look, I, I'm trying to think of cities I've been to recently. I've been to Dallas, um, was it once or twice? Been to Dallas, went to Houston for the went to Houston for the for the uh, World Series. I mean, dude, I, I don't have a problem, but I also don't put myself in stupid situations. Like, if you put yourself in those situations, yeah, it's probably not safe. But if you go out by yourself walking in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you may yeah, you may run, run into some stuff. Yeah, I don't. But if you're with a crowd of people, nobody's going to jack up some all this stuff people by themselves, right? Yeah, it's that's what I was kind of thinking. I could probably take you somewhere in Oxford right now and drop you off by yourself and it'd be hard for you to get back home. No, nothing happens here. But you mm-hmm. everywhere, right? Nothing happens here. Right. Nope. And everywhere you live. But Not here. What's funny though is when you live in a small town like you li- we live in Oxford, right? Like, go to Mobile. I mean, I lived in Mobile for a long time. I did, too. All right, long time. Go turn on the news at 5 o'clock in Mobile. We get local Memphis stations here. Go turn on the news. The first 10 minutes of news is about somebody getting shot. I mean, like, the first 48 is that show on A&E. They, they actually filmed in Mobile, and they filmed in, They started in Memphis. They filmed in Mobile. Like, I've been around stuff like that my whole life. It doesn't bother me. I think it's... I think it is what it is. I mean, I grew up on the mean streets of Ruston, man. I mean. It's rough. It was rough. Yeah. But anywhere you go. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's fun. I did I did go to – I went to another uh, home visit. I went to home visits in, a pro- in the projects one time. And the dad came out and met me and told, <laughs> made me drive my car down the middle, <laughs> right down the middle of the, like, the pro- like a building building that had like a little grass area. I drove my car all the way down. He goes, yeah, you need to park it right here so nobody jacks your shit. So I went in there, and then he was like, hey, watch this car. Don't let nobody mess with it. I've been in some, I've been in some crazy areas. We can talk about that later, but I've okay. been in some crazy areas. All right. On that note, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. Let's do it, man. I've already bought the tickets. I mean, it just feels like it's okay. I, but Dude, I you'll be fine. Yeah. Where do you stand? The uh, Hilton Riverside. Yeah, you're fine, dude. Yeah. All right. We'll stop there. Thanks, everybody, for uh, making us a part of your week. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back at some point next week with another edition of 
McCrady and Siski. It'll be episode 63, and it will also be brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. So Hit that thanks. like and subscribe button, please. Yes, please do. And uh, be safe. We'll talk to you guys soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.